York, but he grew up like a big fan of like Reggie Miller and the Davis Brothers. Nice. And Very uh, cool. like he's he's been dating a girl from who went to IU. So he was actually in town to like do like something for like a uh, women's shelter in Bloomington. And uh, he was Wait, where's he originally from? New York. Okay. And he was like uh, he also was doing an article uh, for Slam on uh, Andre Drummond. It's like you look like Paul Westerberg, and you like the and you like the Pacers. I can't do anything but love you. Uh, well, hey everybody, uh, I'm David West. I'm Andrew Crowley, uh, allegedly. Yeah, we have Andrew Crowley back for the first time in the new year, which isn't saying much because we're only, uh, this is only our third episode in the new year, so that's really sad. But, um, to start off, well, wait, this is kind of an epic show, I forgot to say the name of the damn show. Anyways, um, we're starting off with some trailer talk. Before we get into the meat and guts of the episode, which will be Deadpool. Um, so, I just showed Andrew the final Batman Superman trailer. What are your initial thoughts? Meh? 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 I'm like, you know, I don't think it looks bad. Like, I just, like, doesn't really excite me all that much. I mean, like, there's some interesting things, but it's like... I think this is what every trailer for this movie needed to be. I, I hated the second trailer... They showed way too much. They showed, I mean... Doomsday is, like, the bad guy in yeah, the Yeah, they showed way too much. And what this movie showed, it's the most badass Batman fight that we've ever had. Batman has never fought like that on screen, outside of the Arkham games. That looks almost exactly like the fighting style of those video games, which is great. Who would have thought that? Uh, finally, a day and age where people are like, oh, that looks like a video game, that's awesome. But, uh... Showed Alfred being controlling the the Batwing, which was nice. I, I don't know. This, this trailer just it. While it didn't really excite me, it made me do a one eighty kind of because I hated that second trailer. There was nothing exciting. I thought the sound was shitty in the second trailer. Just how they were going from the the loud music like to almost complete silence to loud music to almost silence to loud music. Yeah, that second trailer just drove me nuts. There was so much wrong with it. it just... It's like a Pixie song. Loud, soft, loud, or Nirvana which, uh, whipped out the Pixie sound structure. Yeah. But, I mean, it was just... It would go from complete silence to... It was like... Just tones like that. It wasn't even like loud music. It was just like... Like, no, don't, don't fucking do that. It's annoying as shit. Uh, and then we also watched... Also this week... There was a... I don't know if you saw it, but they did a... Uh, one of those fucking teaser uh, trailers. A, a trailer for a trailer for Ghostbusters. Did you see this? I, I just saw it still look like a... Look like a video game character for, like, the, the bad guy. Almost. Well, they don't actually show... The, they, uh, they showed uh, uh, toys from that guy from Toy Fair. We'll get into this in just a second. But this teaser trailer... This teaser for a trailer... Which drives me nuts. Why not just release the trailer? I know I've complained about that before on here, but just release the damn trailer. Why have a teaser for the trailer? But it just showed uh, some action, like some uh, like police cars, who, more like police cars driving, you go to call. Kind of like they kept going back and forth, and then the logo. But it didn't show a single bit of thing. It gave the date. I think it comes out like next week or... Like, next Monday, the trailer is going to drop. Like, but just release the damn trailer. Why go through all these loops and... I don't know, it just bugs me. 
I'm not really excited for it. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be good, but it's like, you know, uh, you know, there's other movies I'd rather see than it. Uh, like, I mean, I, I think it's going to be great because, you know, Paul, Paul Feig has a really good uh, I actually just record. watched Spy. I really enjoyed Spy. No, like, he's great. Like, he's been great since uh, uh, Freaks and Geeks, and his two books are really good. Uh, I forget what they're called, but uh, I think one of like uh, one of them is about, a, like, a childhood memoir, and the other is, like, about him... Uh, like, he was kind of late, but he didn't lose his virginity until uh, fairly late. Uh, they're both really good reads. He's really yeah, funny. You know how that goes. Uh, really funny, but, like, yeah, yeah I, I like his work, and, you know, uh, the cast, you know, uh, I, th- I think that's going to be a solid movie, you know. Uh, I think it's going to be more enjoyable seeing all the dudes butthurt online about, why are they making Ghostbusters? Well, it's just, it's not even that. I think that's the problem. I, a lot of people are still complaining about the all-female cast, which, you know what, fuck them. Yeah, it's like these are four hilarious women. Yeah, I, I think I think it's gonna be fun. I mean, it's like uh, there's like a Ruth Bader uh, Gator Bins, uh, Gator Bins quote, Ruth Bader Ginsburg quote about the Supreme Court. Like uh, it's like uh, when people ask her, like you know how many uh, how many women on the court would be enough? She's like nine. Like, <laughs> but what? I think it's like well, you know, it's been doing most of the history. You know, why yeah. not? Oh, no, I, I think it could be fun. I mean, I, I think it'll be kind of fun, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be an alright. Ma- Melissa McCarthy, isn't it? Le- Melissa McCarthy, yeah. Uh, uh, Kate Lee. McKinnon, uh, mm-hmm. Leslie Jones, mm-hmm. Kristen Wiig. You know, it's like all really funny. Hey, Chris Hemsworth, as uh, you know, the it's a nice contrast. You get the four women, and then you get Chris Hemsworth as their geeky secretary. Ghostbusters, what do you want? <laughs> uh, who apparently they showed in Lego toys gets possessed at some point. Cool. So <laughs> that'll be interesting. <laughs> I wonder if it'll be like the Dan Hopefully it's not in a pool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, because like, the, the Avengers thing? Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the surviving Ghostbusters, and I think even Sigourney Weaver are cameoing in the film. Like, it, it, it's acknowledging its roots. That, that's cool. that, to me, is more interesting than doing, like, a straight reboot. I mean, the reboot... It is a reboot. In a way, yeah. No, the other movies did not happen. Okay. But the others are cameoing in the film. Okay. They'll have a role in the movie. That's cool. I think it'll. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I do too. And you know, maybe they're just telling us that as a way to. Oh, we want to keep it a surprise. Maybe it will be. Maybe they've listened to fan outrage. I have no idea. I mean, like you know, uh, you know, like uh, I think there's an interesting tension between like you know, uh, like for like with regard to like rebooting films. Like you know, I'm actually you know this this is actually kind of cool because uh, you know it's. In a way, it's it's more diverse than the original because you know it's all women uh, versus the original. It's all dudes, but you know, hey, at least the original, you know, uh, there was Winston, which is kind of nice. You know, yeah. uh, you know, you figure for movies of that period, just be you know four white dudes and you know, yeah, you know, that should be good. And like, but versus like you know, uh, Dave and I before we started recording, we talked about the Pete Dragon trailer, mm-hmm. which I mean, like, maybe it'll be good, but like uh, we were both like you know, why? Well. You know, I kind of feel the same way with, like, Jungle Book. Yeah. Disney's doing Jungle Book. I actually had a funny idea for, because uh, I was talking about this on Twitter last night. Mm. Uh, I had a funny idea for the Jungle Book reboot. Yeah. Uh, make it like a, a thing in Master of None where uh, Aziz plays Mowgli. It's like a it's like a laugh tra- like multi-camera sitcom. I just haven't watched Masters of None. I haven't watched the whole, all of it, but it's pretty funny. Uh, but uh, I was thinking, like, you know, Aziz plays Mowgli and uh, the uh, anal- uh, Bagheera... And uh, Baloo or his roommates, and like you know, a running gag, could, like it'd be like a cheesy, you know, multi-camera sitcom, like a running gag is Baloo's always eating his honey nut Cheerios. All right. And like it's, uh, yeah, I think you know, that be, that could be kind of fun. But like, 
I just don't, I just don't see the point of uh, remaking Pete's Dragon because the original's fine. I mean, like... At, at the same time, since it was live action and 2D animation, it kind of makes sense. Hey, let's just do this with computer-generated dragons. It makes sense, to be fair. And, you know, I, I can't tell you the last time I saw Pete's Dragon. And I don't think any kids now mm-hmm. have ever seen Pete's Dragon. I, I could probably go ask my nieces... Hey, have you guys seen Pete's Dragon? They would probably be so confused at what speed, what the hell. I mean, like you know, like you know, uh, why not you know? Okay, you know, uh, you know, like why not you know take uh, you know uh, the germ of the idea, like you know, uh, combining you know a form of animation with live action, you know, mm-hmm. that maybe do something new, like you know, yeah, why you know retread. Uh, I mean, that's my biggest issue, like with uh, Hollywood lately. Like, I mean, it's I understand why, because like, you know the sequels and reboots, you know, they seem to be, uh, they, you know, th- they seem well, to do well in the box office, but... Disney's doing really well with their uh, cartoons made live action. Maleficent and Cinderella both did yeah, really like, well. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, those kind of work because they, you know, they're, uh, I mean, it's going to be, the, uh, you know, in some more territory where it's almost like, you know, uh, a new approach to the sto- same story, but... Yeah. Uh, speaking of, like, you know, like, you know, new ideas, you know, seeing at the box office, you know... Uh, you know, Deadpool, I mean, it does kind of fall on, fall on some of the tropes of, like, you know, uh, especially in the 30s. Sat- satire of uh, a superhero. Oh, yeah, but, like, uh, I, I've seen some reviews. I, th- I, I don't always necessarily agree, but, you know, I, I think they made some good points. Like, you know, in some ways, the third act has kind of fallen to, like, you know, some of the tropes of the superhero films, which is mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, you know, it's like it's exceeded the box office, you know, because, you know, it's, it feels fresh because, you know, it does stuff like, you know, I mean, it's, it's novel because it's a superhero film with cursing and sex and, you know, pretty gratuitous violence. I mean, uh, Man, gratuitous isn't, the, gratuitous isn't the isn't the right word, but it, hmm. I, I think you know it, it, it's refreshing because you know it's not like it. It doesn't feel like another you know uh, Marvel film, which yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, still not ready to talk about it yet. We'll get we'll get to the media yeah. guts. Uh, the uh, well, Ant Man two announced its director, and I I'm spacing his name. Who directed the first Ant Man? Uh, I I know uh, Adam, Adam McKay. I don't I don't believe so. No, did he help write it? Shit. Peyton Reed, man, and we did not even have to look that up. We are good. It just took us a second to remember. Peyton Reed. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think he's uh, Adam McKay did uh, help write the screenplay. Once, I, yeah, I, once he was involved in some way. Passed away. From uh, Edgar Wright, who's not returning to Ant Man, uh, but no, uh, yeah, uh, Peyton Reed is coming back to direct Ant Man and the Wasp, which I'm excited about. That no, he did a great job taking over a project that wasn't necessarily his project. So I'm I'm curious to see what aspects of the first one will carry over to the sequel, or if it'll just be a fresh, fresh looking film, like. Uh, I'm assuming, like, Edgar Wright's script was so Edgar Wright. I'm wondering what will transfer. Uh, speaking of sequels, I, I think I saw that uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy just... Uh, yeah, it's our production. Yeah. Uh, one thing has me bummed out about that. Huh. Nothing related to them. It's like it was something they couldn't have controlled. Uh, I think I heard a rumor that they wanted to have David Bowie do a cameo in it. Yes. Which would have been that, awesome. That is, I guess, he was in talks. Uh, yeah. But no, I, I'm I'm excited about the uh, second Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, I, I love that first uh, teaser image they, they posted with the team walking, and you get a little tiny Groot up on uh, Drax's shoulder. <laughs> so that was uh, nice. And they confirmed that uh, Mantis 
rejoining the group. Oh, cool. So hopefully nothing weird is. Is it with her? Is it her with somebody else? Is like the really weird fucked up thing where like she like she gives birth to like a, like no, it was Captain Marvel. That's right. Yeah. There were. I hope I ever never do that storyline because that's just <laughs> fucking weird. So, uh, but no, like I, I'm wondering if if there'll be cannon fodder. Like if they'll just be the new member that joins the team and instantly gets killed. I hope not. Well, it just makes me think of uh, what was that grasshopper character in Great Lakes Avengers? Oh yeah, <laughs> he so, fucking died. You know, you know. Again, this episode is primarily about Deadpool. But how great would that be if Marvel just greenlit Great Lakes Avengers in response to uh, Deadpool? I would watch that. Now. I would watch that. That'd, that'd be a heartbeat. lot of fun. Uh, uh, but you know, like what I'm honestly, what I'm most excited about when it comes to Guardians, uh, the sequel is what song is there going to be another mixtape? There uh, is, yeah, awesome. Yeah, there is awesome mix volume two. And there's actually like uh, one for the cartoon. Actually, they released a CD. Oh, did they? Yeah, I didn't know. That. It's uh, let me. It's like uh, let me pull it up on iTunes for from the Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon. Oh yeah, Disney? really? Yeah, I think they're pretty solid mix. Really, I had no idea. I had uh, yeah, I had no idea they were using actual tracks in that. I haven't, I haven't watched it. Oh, speaking of Ant-Man, what did you think of the uh, Ant-Man, Hulk, uh, Coca-Cola? Com- it was Dr. enjoyable. Yeah, was it Coca-Cola, Dr. Pepper? What was it, Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola, like the mini Coke. Yeah, I thought that was great. That was one of my favorite commercials at the Super Bowl. I, I do wish that, uh, like, Edward Gordon would have made an appearance. Or uh, Scott Lang himself. Uh, yeah, Marvel's uh, Guardians of the Oxy, uh, the cartoon Cosmic Volume 1. It, ha- it features Hooked on a Feeling by Bruce Wade, Rocky Mountain Wade, Joe Walsh, Don't Stop Me Now, Queen, Trista Wade, Dobie Gray, So You Are a Star, Hudson Brothers, The Boys Are Back in Town, Then Lizzie, Walk Away, James Gang, Funk Number 49, James Gang, uh, Shake a Group Thing, Features Nerve, I Will Survive, Gloria Gaynor, uh, Funk Funk, Cameo, and George the World, Three Dog Night. Nice. Oops. So a couple of the tracks repeat, but... Oh, yeah. I, I, I think just... Uh, the first two... Right? Oh, no, just, just Hooked on a Feeling. Oh, just Hooked on a Feeling? What's the second track you said? Uh, Rocky Mountain Way. Oh, okay. Joe Walsh. I gotcha. Yeah, a lot of Joe Walsh on that soundtrack, because he was in the James Gang yeah. before um, he was in the Eagles. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Uh, they did confirm that Bowie will also be the only artist to repeat on Awesome Mix Volume 2. So, we'll see. I, I still get bummed out about, about thinking he's dead. It's, yeah, I know. It sucks. It does suck. And you know what? Speaking of reboots or sequels or whatever, they're doing another Labyrinth. Why the fuck are they touching Labyrinth? I, I, I don't the movie was a flop in the box office. It has a huge like cult following. But why announce it the week he dies? Yeah, it's, it seems a little crass. Uh, I know it's kind of like a sequel in a way, from what I've heard, but it's like, yeah. I, I, why? Yeah, why? Yeah, don't, don't touch it. I mean, like, you know... Especially if, like, I don't know how much the Jim Henson Company would be involved, but... Uh, I remember, like, you know, uh, when, I, when I saw the news about Bowie, like, uh, 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 his son, uh, Duncan, like, tweeted about it. Like, you know, yeah. it's, like, very sad to confirm that's, that's true. And yeah. was, he posted a photo of him with his dad. I didn't know Duncan Jones was, a, was the guy who directed uh, Moon. And he's, he's also, also doing the World of Warcraft. Warcraft. Had no idea. Had no idea. Uh, like, I saw, the, I saw the name. I was like, Duncan. Uh, they're really familiar. Speaking of Bowie, there's a really great thing. Uh, his song "Absolute Beginners." Uh, this is a really great uh, outtake of him fucking around in the studio where he does uh, 
Like, uh, like on one verse in the song, he does a parody of like a bunch of other artists: Bob Dylan, Tom mm-hmm. Petty, Bruce Springsteen, Tom Waits. Yeah, it's 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 I think it was on like on uh, a Dangerous Minds or Consequence. It's worth looking and searching at. It's, it's a lot of fun. I uh, miss Bowie. Yeah, me too. And uh, we actually haven't had an opportunity to talk about that week. Was a horrible week. Him, Alan Rickman, Rickman? which I mean. Alan Rickman means different things for every person. Everybody knows a role of Alan Rickman's. And I'm not going to... I didn't know the guy personally, and I can't say anything about him. But I'm going to miss the dude. And I'm gonna, it was weird watching the, uh, the uh, Through the Looking Glass trailer, mm-hmm. because he narrates it. That's his final movie, is Through the Looking Glass. And uh, it's just bizarre. And if you want a good tribute to, to Alan Rickman, check out Kevin Smith's... Uh, Smodcast, where he talks about him and just how great of a person he was. It was the best tribute anybody could have done. I like. I read like one of the last projects he did. He like uh, did this commercial like uh, for like a charity to help like uh, children need in war torn countries. Uh, yeah. And like you know, uh, you know, as far as I know, like guy was clean. Like you know, like no darks. Uh, I mean, you know, there is some of that with Bowie. Like because uh, he like you know, it's like because. Uh, but we had sex with like an underage girl, like I mean, which is you know, it's like she was fine with it, but like you know, it's like it's you know, it's like other than you know, like you know, it's like you know, some stuff like well, you know, uh, everybody fucks up, but like you know, I'm always su- surprised to hear Bowie having sex with any woman. To be fair, <laughs> uh, but, but it like, always blew my mind. But like you know, it's like you know, it's like you know, it's like you know, a couple things, but like you know, mostly you know, he's generally a good guy. But I don't recognize like, there's nothing like you know, like you know, it's all gold, like. uh I know he was like you know, uh, like yeah, everybody would like who worked with him was like intimidated by him because like you know the type of characters he played. But they said like you know, the real Alan mm-hmm. Rickman was a real sweetheart. And uh, I think uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe talked about like how uh, when he was like do open up a play like Rickman would be there to see him and support him. Nice, yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, Rupert Grant was talking about how uh, like uh, I think it was like one of the first Harry Potter films. He was like. Uh, he, was, he drew, like, a really rude caricature of uh, Alan Rickman, and uh, nice. he, he was right behind him when he was doing it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, there was, like, another, like, it was, like, it was, I think I saw a gift set online, and then like, Alan was like, oh, yes, I, I'm very fond of that photo, and he smiles about it. Like, he, he kept it, and I think he might have had Rupert sign it. Uh, nice. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, a ton of people. Uh, oh, shit. Who was the other person that died that same week? Not a, not a huge following, but uh, shit. What was his name? Yeah, Grizzly Adams had a beard. Yeah, yeah, Grizzly yeah, Adams did have a beard. But yeah, Shut up. Uh, Grizzly Adams passed away that week too, which I mean really means nothing to us. But I just thought I'd mention. I'm sure he was a great guy. And always had that beard. Um, what else? Oh yeah, Walking Dead came back after a long four month wait, like it always does. But uh, one thing that that show does is when it follows the comics, it follows them really well. Which, I, you can talk Walking Dead because you've read, at least up to this part, of The Walking Dead. Correct? You have, you have read yeah, after Carl right. losing his eye, right? Yep. Uh, they did it a bit differently. Uh, it was, uh, uh, oh, what's her name? I forget the character's name. But it's her son that ends up shooting him. Sam? It wasn't Sam. It was Sam's brother. That ends up shooting him. Uh, I did see. Oh, I did see a uh, 
I saw a oh, great, yeah, the, the battle. Everybody, everybody needs, needs a Sam, Sam, except for this Sam. Yeah, that was great. Had, like, Sam Winchester, uh, Sam on Lord of the Rings. Uh, Sam from, like, one of the, like, uh, I, I think iCarly. Yeah, yeah. Everybody needs a Sam, except the Sam. The Sam needs to die. Carl! Uh, there, there's been so many. Uh, Arl, have you seen that one? The Arl? And he's like, Dad, there's a, uh, it's Carl. And he's like, yeah, but you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'd offer you some spaghetti, Coral, but Herschel just lost his noodle. His <laughs> noodle, Coral. <laughs> There was was actually a moment in the season 6B premiere that I actually laughed out loud. It was uh, right at the beginning. Daryl and his group are uh, out on a a run that takes place at the end of last season. They meet up with a group of Negan's men. And uh, he's like, oh, I... Go go to one of his men takes Daryl to the back of the truck. They're back there for a minute. You don't know what's going on, and this guy is threatening the rest of the group, like Abraham and, and all of them. And then, oh, maybe I will kill you. And he pulls out two guns, and then all of a sudden, boom! There's a giant explosion, and it turns back with Daryl and a fucking rocket launcher <laughs> who just blew the shit out of that motorcycle gang. <laughs> I lost it. I died. It's laughing. I was sitting there. I had to pause it because I've never laughed so hard during The Walking Dead. Completely caught me off guard. And then uh, the rest of the episode is just, it ends up being super fucking intense. Uh, it starts with uh, Sam and Sam getting killed, Sam's mom getting killed, uh, Carl losing his eye, which looked awesome. They did a great job with that. And a lot of people are like, oh, how, how would somebody survive getting shot in the eye? Well, it didn't, it didn't necessarily get shot in the eye. It ricocheted off his bone. It can happen. It, it, stranger things have been ha- have happened. In a show about zombies, why are you worried about that? Um, but then, it's also the episode in which uh, Alexandria's been taken over by zombies. And it... The second half of that episode is them taking out. Remember, remember in the comics where the the group of them took, cleared Alexandria of the zombies. I think so. Yeah. Shot for shot, it was wonderful. And it was a small in the comics. It's a small group of them mm-hmm. to take them out. In the, in the show, the entire survivors of Alexandria decided, oh, we're taking back our city. But they did something that you would only see in a comic book. It started, it basically, it looked like they were in front of a black screen. I'm, I'm sure it might have been outside, but it's something they could have easily done on a, a soundstage. They just had a, uh, a medium shot of each single person like sliced, like slicing and attacking. It was fast cuts, like boom, 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 boom. Every once in a while, it cut to a zombie being like chopped his head in half. Boom, a couple more flashes of people attacking. It, I remember that issue. It specifically went panel from panel to panel to panel to panel to panel to panel. And they did it so perfectly in the show. It, it was bizarre. It was something that I was like, that's a comic book. They just showed us a comic book on screen. And it, as much as there's any other comic book show on TV, nothing else captures it panel to panel like The Walking Dead has been able to do. And some people will be like, yeah, but the show takes turns. Yeah, I mean, it's not linear, okay? There's a straight line that's a comic book, and this weaves in and out of that. But it does a really great job, and that ended up being one of the best episodes of the series. 
if not the best episode of the series. I've, I've heard the newest episode is like it was like a, it focuses on Daryl and stuff. It's actually like on like a, a road trip type thing. Yeah, uh, the second episode, which this this actually kind of bugged me. I think uh, the premiere, the season, the, the mid season premiere should have been the season finale because there's a there's at least a three month time gap between the two episodes, mm-hmm. which would have it should have been the finale. I'm assuming because they spent the first half of the season takes place in a day, like everything happens right after each other. They should have, but AMC splits everything eight and eight. It should have been nine and seven because that should have been the fall finale. Because especially with the time gap between episodes, you're gonna have a three month time gap. Do it between your mid season. But they, uh, it's uh, basically a, a buddy, uh, I guess. It, uh, Norman Reedus and uh, Andrew Lincoln watched uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid before <laughs> filming this episode. Oh, nice. And, uh, I mean, it kind of plays like that. It's a, it's a fun buddy episode. So does somebody ride around on a bicycle listening to... Uh, no, no, no. There's, there's, exactly awesome, B.J. Thomas. Uh, they, they're riding around in a car. Name drops keep falling on my head. <laughs> they, they do get into the car, and uh, Andrew Lincoln puts on kind of cheerful music like that <laughs> and Daryl's just like you gotta be kidding me I can't do that again <laughs> it was pretty funny and, sunshine and lollipops and rainbows uh, it, it was a fun episode you know it was actually that's the only thing I can say this episode of The Walking Dead was fun I can't tell you any other episode of The Walking Dead that was fun uh, now there were a couple things in it uh, Rick Schoen's a thing Rick, uh... Fox, yeah, that's what I heard. hooked up with Michonne. Way to go, Rick. Well, they killed Andrea off, so she's not around like she is in the books. And then uh, they kind of replace uh, Sophia with uh, you don't a character care. named Eden. I hope they just a character named Morty. Yeah, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> Rick and Morty. Rick... Isn't that just Rick and Carl? Rick, 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 Rick and Carl. Why, why haven't they done this? Oh my why God. hasn't this been done? That'd be a really good T for that, I can see that T for Rick, Rick and Carl. Rick and Carl. Rick and Carl. Hundred years. Uh, Carl stay in the house. But uh, the, I guess the, the biggest takeaway, outside of okay, Rick's bone and Michonne, they introduced Jesus, which is one of my favorite characters in the comic. Do you, have, have you read I think I've gotten to, I don't think I've gotten to Jesus. I, I don't quite remember where they introduced him in the comics. It might have... Because you've read... How far... Um, I... One was this uh, trade I remember reading was like the one with the cannibals. Oh, I thought... That was way before Glenn died. I know you read where Glenn died. Glenn, yeah. I, I read where Glenn died. Okay, it might have been shortly after that. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't read The Walking Dead, Glenn dies. Um, which I don't think is going to happen on the show. This is my prediction. They've been, uh, I, I feel like they've been baiting us with his death, but I feel like they're going to uh, switch it up. I think they're going to kill Daryl instead of Glenn. That's just my prediction. Sorry, guys, if that'll make you cry. I know everybody's like, if Daryl dies, we riot, which, come on. Yeah, I love Norman Reedus, but he's probably ready to move on. He was a film actor, he was a pretty recognizable actor before The Walking Dead. He's probably ready to go and launch his new career with another Boondock Saints. <laughs> Hopefully better than the second one. But, uh, Boondock Saints 3, All Souls Day. Yeah, that was the name of the second one. All Saints Day. All Saints Day, yeah. 
Uh, second one was so bad. Boondock Saints 3, Pentecost. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, the second one was so bad. That's unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna switch. I think they've been like hinting at uh, hinting that it's gonna be Glenn. I think they're gonna kind of like uh, uh, like Quicksilver. They're just gonna. Oh, they've been hinting that Hawkeye's gonna die, and then they're gonna switch it. Um, but yeah, that's that's The Walking Dead. It's back. I haven't watched Better Call Saul yet. I, I really want to. I uh, I think I watched the fir- I watched part of the first episode, but I got bored. Oh, the first episode of the first season. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. I, you, it's different than Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, and you I got Tuco. Tuco's back. I want to watch it. I just just you and hour long television. I know it doesn't mesh. Sitcoms I, I work better with. I've been rewatching The Office. I'm currently in season four. Speaking of The Office, of the office uh, have you watched Superstore? Yes, I have. It's I, it's entertaining. I really enjoy it, especially because oh shit, it's Brett from Animal Control. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, uh, the 19th was the anniversary of Harris Whittle's death. Yeah. So I watched the uh, like a super cut of all the uh, animal control. Oh, nice. Very nice. Uh, you want nice. me to kill some birds? I'll kill you some birds. <laughs> kill all birds. Yeah, we want we wanted to make a cuckoo clock like in the Flintstones. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah like, uh, I like when they like you know when they get fired and they apply for the same job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I've been rewatching The Office. Oh man! And I just started season four, and it's when Jim and Pam officially announce that they're they're together. And uh, you know, I almost forgot how early like like uh, Andy came on. I, I forgot. How oh yeah, early yeah, that right, was. right. Because like it's season two. Yeah, no, season three rather. Season three. I almost forgot how early it was because it. Uh, it felt like it was much later in the show. Yeah, because Andy, like you know, is like you know, kind of a secondary character, and then he kind of rises to prominence. Uh. Yeah. Uh, and then I forgot the temp got the job at corporate. <laughs> right. Ryan. <laughs> you reminds me of another Ryan. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> you and I are done. What? <laughs> One of my favorite Ryan moments is uh, where he where he hooks up with Kelly on uh, the day before Valentine's Day. Day before Valentine's Day, you just kind of stopped and stared at me blankly. Oh yeah, like uh, there was like uh, like in the camera side, like it was uh, Ryan was like, I hooked up with her on February thirteenth. Oh, gotcha. Uh, oh yeah, actually, I, I forgot to mention, and it's just now started. It's the season finale of X Files. I'm so pumped about this show. It's been awesome. Um. I, I, I've been kind of avoiding it with the past couple just because I, I almost want to wait until after the finale to talk about the, the six episodes. But last week's episode was so good. I can't... I want to take a... I, I have a picture from this episode. Um, I want to show you real fast. You know what I think the coolest cast member of The X-Files is? Uh, Gillian Anderson. Well, this is uh, a photo from the episode... <laughs> he looks like David Blatt dressed as a cowboy. He was high on shrooms at a at a country bar, singing and dancing "Inky Breaky Heart." <laughs> I I was dying laughing. It was so good. I uh, just watched. It was on FX. Uh, like in one of the Simpsons blocks. I rewatched uh, 
Springfield Files. Nice. Very nice. Which is a great, great episode. Yeah. I bring you peace and love. <laughs> is that like uh, love of a, ma- for a ma- of a man for a woman or love uh, of a man for a fine Cuban cigar? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bring you peace and love. It's not a monster. It's Mr. Burns. Oh, it's Mr. Burns. Kill it. <laughs> hey, Spock, what do you want on your hot dog? Surprise me. <laughs> until next Until next time. Watch the skis, skies. That's awesome. Um, this episode or this season's been really great. Except I, I'm kind of concerned with it being only six episodes because um, it started off with one a mythology episode, and then it went to, to monster of the week episodes, and it's ending with a mythology episode. I've heard that there there are like there's a talk of like a um, prequel series. Prequel series, like, really? Like yeah. Uh, Scully and Mulder before they joined the FBI? Um, I think that's been denied. Good, good, because... Because, uh... They, they cast a younger duo that kind of looked like Mulder and Scully, and they were in last week's episode, and they kind of share mm-hmm. similarities between the, the duo. One's a skeptic, one fully believes. And, uh... I think, if anything, it would be more of a uh, passing the torch okay. sort of thing. Um, you know, not that, you know, a woman's looks mat- you know, matter that much or regardless of how they age or whatever, but, you know, Gillian Anderson, like, you know, she, she's a fox. She, she's aged really very well I mean, compared to David Duchovny. You know, like, Duchovny's aged well as well, though. Uh, there's, like, a there's really funny, like, uh, there's, like, a, this thing called the Scully effect. Uh, basically, like, uh, women, uh, female fans of the show, like, because uh, of Scully, they uh, went to, like, you know, science, medicine, that type of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, David Duchovny's like, I think I influenced... Uh, Men too, and she's like, uh, "What uh, sex addiction? Watching porn?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she let it like, no, nice. uh, no. Uh, Jillian Anderson seems, seems like she'd be really cool. I think she'd be, you know, she'd be pretty funny to get drinks with. I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so too. Uh, there's actually there's an episode this season written by Darren Morgan who wrote a bunch of classic episodes. It, most famous, most famous is probably uh, Clive uh, Bruckman's Final Repose, which starred. Uh, uh, oh shit, Peter Boyle. It's one of the best episodes, season three. Um, Highly recommend checking it out. Uh, flash fact: uh, Vince Gilligan was a. Oh yeah, I figured. Oh, no, I, I of course I knew that. Oh yeah, because I, I you're a big X Files fan. Yeah, I, I fucking love me some X Files. But uh, he wrote an epi- the third episode <laughs> of this season. Uh, he wrote and directed it. It was uh, the name of the episode is Mulder and Scully meet the Were Monster. And Reese Darby, do you know Reese Darby? Uh, British or uh, Australian actor. Yeah, uh, he plays the Were Monster. But Kamel, uh, Nan- I've never, I've never been able to pronounce Kamel's last name. One of my favorite, like they they updated one of my favorite X Files memes, like with the Mulder. Yeah. Uh, like this is like oh, the nice. original one, like nice. Uh, but Reese Darby's playing the monster, and the monster's actually the good guy in the episode. And uh, you, you get an odd perspective, and it, it's just, it's hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah, I Murray think. from, uh, from uh, Fly the Concourse, I think, right? Yeah. Which, uh, they're doing, they're getting, the werewolves from uh, What We Do in Shadows are getting a spinoff movie. Nice. It's called Werewolves. So, like, imagine hearing that in the uh, New Zealand accent. Very nice. Have you uh, seen uh, What We Do in Shadows? 
No. It's really funny. It's really good. Huh. It's like a it's like a mockumentary vampire film. But one one thing I always like about Darren Morgan's episodes, they're always comedies. He always mm-hmm. has a does a real good job with the humor, and they uh, he always has uh, David Duchovny kind of playing the idiot in in his episodes, just because it's kind of an inside joke between him and David Duchovny. But uh, it's Mulder going to this town, not believing a single thing, and then all of a sudden, uh, like he gets a story from the uh, monster side of things. You see the entire episode unfold from the monster's point of view, (laughs) and it's absolutely hilarious. No, you guys definitely have to check it out. Uh, But yeah, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of sad that it's only six episodes. I hope they end up doing more, even if it's another six next year. You know, they just do six more episodes next season. That's I've, I've heard they they are planning to do more. Yeah, the, the, the ratings have been where they needed to be. Hell, the first uh, the first episode back did like sixteen million views. That's incredible. Uh, that's like Walking Dead numbers. Walking Dead does incredible numbers. It, it was the highest thing for a network in years. So I'm sure it'll be back. It's just, I wish they would have done eight to ten. Mm-hmm. I wish they would have. Uh, Maybe thirteen episodes, like a half season order. Yeah, just do like a half season order, which is I, I'm sure it's hard. David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson have other commitments. Uh, David Duchovny has that show Aquarius, which has been is coming back for a second season. And I, I watched the first season, and it was pretty. It was pretty solid. I like David Duchovny anyway. Uh, I, I've watched every show that he's done. My fa- one of my favorite Deco- David Duchovny roles was in Zoolander. Yeah, <laughs> the hand model. Uh, I, I thought you were going to say Evolution, where he basically, oh, another alien movie. Evolution, Evolution is like Ghostbusters, but with uh, aliens. Yeah. Uh, and the Seven Up guy. Yeah. Who I, I really and, like. Uh, Sean William Scott is his name uh, Orlando jo- Orlando Jones yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was also a basketball coach in that film I think oh, oh yeah or volleyball volleyball that's volleyball. right yeah uh, yeah the, it's been everything a fan could want the first mythology episode you know I think they spent a little well I can't even say a little bit too much time but they had to reintroduce the characters you know they had to reintroduce the show to a new audience uh, and I think that's the only thing that heard that first episode back. Anyways, we got another Fox property to talk about, which we've mentioned a couple times already. Uh, the newest, uh, the newest installment of the X Men franchise came out over uh, Valentine's Day weekend, which was Deadpool. Now, some of you, if you haven't seen the movie, shame on you because it's pretty hysterical. It's a pretty damn funny movie. But if you haven't, you might remember Deadpool from that horrible movie called uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. I like the, how they had the action, his action figure from that film. Yeah, they, they do not hesitate to uh, make references to that movie or to Ryan Reynolds' other outings as superheroes. I also liked, because uh, you know, I really haven't read any Deadpool comics, because you know, I don't hang out on Reddit too much. Uh, yeah. uh, but I, 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 I guess like uh, Blind Al is like a uh, like a regular character. Yeah. Now she, Leslie Uggams. Yeah, she she was great. Like uh, yeah. I, I wanted more of her because she was pretty hilarious. Uh, yeah, I agree. Her putting together the IKEA dresser. <laughs> yeah. Was great. You no, know, it, it was like you know the the trailers. You know, I really wasn't just like uh, oh, 
I'll probably, I was like, I'll probably see this, but I'm like, I don't know if I'm like, you know, that sold on, but no, it's, it was a lot better than I imagined. Yeah, uh, for sure. It, you know, it was a breath of fresh air, and I think that's what people are misunderstanding about the movie. It was, it was something different, it was something new. Um, the humor was fantastic. Now, there is a debate whether or not you should take children. I think that depends on how you are as a parent. If you're a good parent or and your kid's mature enough, yeah, sure, take them to see that movie. Um, hell, I, a lot of people have been arguing, oh, no kid should go see this movie. I, I will say that I was 12 sitting in the theater watching South Park Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, which honestly I think would be worse than seeing Deadpool. What do you feel about that? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, subjecting a kid to uh, you're a boner biting bastard, Uncle Fucker. And, and the giant clitoris? Yes. I feel like South Park would be a worse movie. I, I would say so, like, it might provoke more questions, but you know, I, I think it's a matter of, like, you know. I think it's the maturity of the, the yeah. kid. And, like, you know, like, you know, uh, how you approach parenting, like, you know, what time have things you talk about? I mean, you know. We're not from traditional, uh, like, ways of parenting. My parents didn't really give a shit what I watched. I mean, I really, I wasn't allowed to watch South Park. As, like, I was uh, banned from watching it at one point. Cause, oh, gotcha. Well, I, I did watch it, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it's a... So, I think you and your brother were a bit repressed. <laughs> I mean, like, not really... come back tenfold. I mean, not. I wouldn't say that because, like, we, you know, my mom like basically gave up on stopping us cursing or whatever, you know. So, yeah. you know, I think it, just you, just you good, good judgment, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's probably good, like you know, uh, you know, you take your kid to show to the film, like it might be worthwhile having a conversation about, you know, you know, what type of language do you consider acceptable, you know, that type of thing. I, you know, if anything, maybe be like, hey, this violence was really cartoony. That's not how. That's not. That's not real. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, uh, like, you know, it, it's, it's a pretty violent film, but, you know, uh, it's very cartoony, as David said. You know, yeah, so it really doesn't, it, you know. It's like cartoon violence in, in live action. It's like, it's like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah, pretty much. That's actually a great, great way to put it. It's kind of like a Looney Tunes cartoon. That language is something. And, like, I, I heard, like, going in, like, you know, like the, like the, about the sexuality, which, you know, I, I think, like, wasn't very gratuitous, you know, it was like, yeah, it, it, was, it was kind of refreshing to, like, you know, not have a superhero and be like, you know, uh, it was kind of cool to introduce, like, cause I mean, in comics, that's kind of a thing where yeah. they have, like, they might, you know, show, you know, the aftermath or whatever of, like, you know, love scenes or whatever, but, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of nice, like, you know, like, uh, which, I they, thought, they I don't, don't hold back in, uh, in Jessica Jones either. I thought, like, the, the women characters in Deadpool were pretty soft, like, you know. Uh, Actually, speaking of which, uh, Marina Baccarin, there's a great theory out there that she was death, which would make sense with Deadpool and his courtship of death along with Thanos, but uh, she's there when he gets diagnosed with cancer. She, there's, a, there's a couple other things that, like, kind of suggest that maybe she was actually death. Like how she survived that fall off of the uh, actual shield helicarrier, which which which, which I like because you know like they didn't you know call him out of the ship. It's like that's kind of cool. That, you know, it's almost maybe it's part of like you know uh, Sony getting you know a little bit more open with Marvel with uh, you know creating like a more expanded universe. Yeah, for sure. No, it, it's hold on. I think I have the picture here. 
That is indeed. That's a shield helicarrier. Oh that's yeah. That's a concept art. That's a shield helicarrier. But uh, oh, uh, like when she fell, unharmed. No one could survive that fall. Well, no human could survive that fall. Um, I think it's an interesting theory. That there's a bunch of evidence that can point to it. She's there at every tragic moment in Deadpool's life. That should have killed him. Nice. Nice. We're keeping track of the Pacer game. Joey Buckets is 10. He's, he fi- he's 5 of 6. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, this movie... It, I'm wondering if Fox is being open to Marvel. There's rumors that Marvel's doing Fantastic Four. Uh, one thing I've heard, like uh, I've heard that the Christ universe has been rebooted. I've heard that the next Marvel, the next Wolverine movie is going to be rated R. I'm okay with that. Um, my my biggest fear with Deadpool is like you know they're going to take the fact that you know it's an R-rated superhero hero film and, they and just, exploit it. Which you know like which that's not. If anyone listens to this, Deadpool's success was not because of its rating. It had an amazing marketing team, and well, I think what also worked about it is it's it's a very small stakes movie relatively. It was fifty eight thousand or fifty eight million dollars. That's what it took to cost, make that movie. It's small stakes film because like you know it's like the world is in danger of ending. You know, just you know, uh, Deadpool on a revenge mission. Like it, yeah. it worked. I think it shows that you can you know you can have a superhero film with like a low stakes you know mm-hmm. plot and it'll, it'll work. I, yeah. Oh, and, for I, sure. and I thought like Colossus was really great and uh, <laughs> Negasonic Warhead was really ne- great. Negasonic Teenage Warhead. You know who created her? Can you take a guess? Uh, Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison. <laughs> yeah, I know she was based on a Grant Morrison character. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 like yeah. that was probably the best Colossus I've seen on screen. Yeah, well, he had more dialogue than any other yeah, Colossus it, on screen. Yeah, it worked. Uh, you know, I kind of wish they would have gotten the other the guy that has played. Uh, I, I, I just want to I want to see Colossus without the you know steel on. I was curious, like well, I was that on that. purpose uh, because one thing with the cost being fifty million dollars, which is unheard of for any superhero movie. Um, the, Tim Miller came from a, a video game background. Do you remember a couple of years ago when uh, DC Universe Online came out? You remember that opening cinematic? I think so. Yeah. With the with like a metropolis destroyed, all the superheroes are fighting. That was Tim Miller. Okay. Like this is his first feature film, but he comes from a, a world of superhero video games. It's kind of incredible. Uh, I'm kind of thinking like, oh, maybe if Batman Superman fails, they need to give Tim Miller fucking Justice League because he knows his comic books. Yeah, I mean that's kind of been my biggest, you know. Uh the turn against like Mar- like DC's like stuff because it's they're they're too like I mean you know uh, yeah like the uh, even the uh, Nolan Batman films like you know like on the surface they, they are they do kind of feel kind of somber and there there are moments of levity but you know yeah. like like with the Snyder stuff it, there's like it's too heavy I think yeah it's which given the second Batman Superman trailer there was some humor in yeah that. so I'm hoping it'll be a little bit more. I think they have to. And, you know, that's something to say about Deadpool. It was a comedy. I, I think they'll... I think the game... I don't want to call this movie a game changer because it, it, it was a breath of fresh air. I don't think it's a game changer. Um, for DC, maybe. It might be a game changer for DC, but that's something Marvel's always been able to do is interject and yeah, like, comedy uh, into their... James Gunn had, like, a good point, like, or some reviews talking about, like, you know... Uh, 
oh, Marvel's never taken, you know, a swipe of themselves. I mean, I would disagree with that. I mean, like, the first Captain America film, like, where, you know, he makes fun of the outfit he wears, like, yeah. the, uh, the, uh, you know, the, uh... USO shows. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Marvel, like, you know, it's always never felt that, I mean, yeah, there are serious moments, but, like, it's balanced a lot of levity, I think, a lot of jokes and things. Yeah. Now, what does this mean for the future of the X-Men franchise? I think it's a ga- I think it's a game changer for the X Men films because I, I think like this this is the best X Men film because like you know it really has a f- feel of it like kind of a team up film where like, yeah um, you know I I love Days of Future Past and X Two I think they're two of the best superhero movies out there is this the best X Men film good good possibility and you know I actually really really enjoyed the Wolverine uh, so did I and. You know, they uh, did you ever see the uh, director's cut of Wolverine? I haven't. It's rated R. It's a rated R director's cut. So if, if they're able to take that new freedom they feel they have with Deadpool being rated R, sure. Give me a rated R Wolver- Old Man Logan. Give me a rated R X-Force. Sure. But don't make every one of your movies that you're going to do here on out rated R. That, that's kind of my fear that like you know it's like it's not every superhero film has to be rated R I think God's I think you know what the, what they should be taking from Deadpool is like you know we can kind of play with the convention of superhero films uh, maybe not take it so serious you know maybe you know uh, introduce some more mature themes like you know live like you know with regard like just purely romance for example uh, yeah and this isn't the first rated R superhero film. No, I mean, there's Blade, the, pu- the Punisher. Blade series, the first Punisher, Punisher in 89. Yeah, uh, the, the Punisher films, uh, which, I mean, it, I love Punisher Warzone. I think I'm the only person that loves that movie. I, I enjoyed it because the guy getting killed during parkour. Yeah, with the rocket launcher. Um, <laughs> yeah. Watchmen was rated R, um, which I, I actually enjoy Watchmen. It's from Zack Snyder. I actually enjoy it. 300 is a comic book movie that's rated R. So, I mean, the, rated, uh, the R rating isn't anything new with superhero. Road to Perdition? I mean, okay, it's a, not a superhero. It's film, a graphic but. novel, yeah. Uh, but Ghost World? Yeah. Deadpool's, the R rating for Deadpool is nothing new. There have been R-rated superhero movies. Whether or not you count Blade, I do. I count Blade. He's a superhero. He's a Marvel character. Ghost Rider? Ghost Rider 2 is rated R, right? I think PG-13. Oh, were they both PG-13? It might have been. You're probably right. But, I, you know, it does open the door. I just don't want it to be every movie. You know, if, it's okay. if Warner Brothers was smart, I feel the Suicide Squad should be rated R. One thing I didn't uh, that kind of irked me about, like, the the trailer with the, with the Queen song, it's like, you're just trying to, you're just ripping off Guardians of the Galaxy. I can see that in a way. But that... I can see that, but I, I think it worked for for the movie. I, I I really liked that trailer, and I never really thought of it as a, a rip off of Guardians of the Galaxy until you mentioned it. And I can totally see that, but I didn't think about it at the time. I, I'm looking forward to Suicide Squad, and I, but I think if they're smart, it'd be like, is yeah, there anything uh, you guys have cut out? That you I, I'm hoping that Suicide Squad will like be kind of self deprecating, and you know. Uh, Funny and in on, and on the joke. Yeah. Uh, I think oh, it should be. Because if it's like you know too serious, I think like a lot of the other DC films, I don't think it'll work. Yeah. Uh, 
I did. I did like the, the punches uh, Ryan Reynolds made towards uh, Deadpool. Or not towards Deadpool, towards Green Lantern. Uh, I think that worked nicely. I, I'm just Marvel. Marvel Studios will never make Marvel Studios and Disney will never make an R-rated superhero movie. They won't. They have no need. Uh, you don't need every superhero movie to be rated R. No. And certain characters, sure. But you know what? Marvel's doing that on Netflix. The amount of violence in, in Daredevil, and I'm sure it'll be even more with season two with Punisher and, and Elektra, and even uh, Jessica Jones. The themes in Jessica Jones alone could push an R rating. Um, and Luke Cage and her breaking a bed could push it for an R rating. They're at least 13 plus. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, you know, you always have to do R rating. I think, like, uh, I mean, there's, you know, you can do PG 13, it be still be interesting. Like, uh, I think one of the best Marvel films is uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. That's one. Of the, that's by far one of the best. Because, I mean, they, like, you know, they have uh, a really great understanding of characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Scarlet, uh, you think, uh, Scarlett Johansson's great as Black Widow in that. Uh, Anthony Mackie is delightful as uh, yeah. Falcon. And, no, like, it's a really cool piece. I, I, think, it, I think it works. Because uh, I think where Marvel's films have suffered, like, occasionally, like, where they, uh, where uh, the scope of the film, uh, you know, kind of uh, overrides, you know, the focus on the characters, like, that's where I think, like, where Age of Ultron kind of failed in some ways, where, like, you know, it's, like, more focused on, like, you know, the, the big bad rather than, like, the character moments, which is where yeah. I think the first Avengers film... I don't think Age of Ultron's a bad film, but I didn't I enjoy... I didn't, I didn't enjoy it as much as the first Avengers film. Yeah, which, I mean, they set the bar fucking high. I yeah. Don't, I don't think Age of Ultron's a bad movie at all, and I think a lot of the critics of Age of Ultron need to calm their tits. It's kind of like, there, there's so many, like, people that completely bash the film... Like Iron Man three, I love Iron Man. 3. Iron Man three is great because I mean it's like I mean, just like little beats like uh, I quit. I these people are so weird. Like where the yeah, I mean you, I mean it's it's Shane Black. It's it's a lot of fun and I, I like the fact that you know uh, he barely spends any time in the armor and like it's Tony Stark by himself. Like yeah, yeah. I, I think I mean Adam Pally, Adam Pally is uh, the news the uh, tra- camera truck guy. Yeah, uh, you know, going back to Deadpool. I just, it's a breath of fresh air. That's all I can say about it. Is it the, is it the best superhero movie of the year? Probably not. This is years full of superhero. J- James Gunn had like a really great review on it, where like you know, like kind of expressed you know concern about like you know it all sent you have the studios the wrong, the wrong idea. Yeah. yeah. And again, I mean that, 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 that's why Gar- that's why Guardians succeeded. I thought because like you know it was funny. It was like uh, yeah, it was it was kind of offbeat and like you know yeah. real, a really good sense of character and you know. Uh, and you went to undercut like the serious moments, like uh, when they were the collector and and, and uh, I almost said Andy, uh, where uh, Star Lord's handing over the uh, yeah. Infinity Gem and then he almost drops it. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool's success is not due to the art rating. It's not. Really, it should be something like okay, you know, uh, what people responded to, you know, it's kind of offbeat, you know, it's a little bit different, you know, we, we should be, you know. Uh, Maybe let's take a different approach, like, you know, uh, kind of fuck with the structure of a traditional superhero film. Um, actually, one thing I wanted to bring up, going back to the, oh, you shouldn't take your kids to see this movie, um, there have been people that have argued that Deadpool's never been for kids. If you, if that is inaccurate, um, 
because kids have been exposed to the character through, uh, let's say, Marvel Superhero Squad, in which the character was a regular appearance. Um, are there video games in which kids will play? Give me those red orbs! Yeah, like, Deadpool has been exposed. He's a recurring character on Ultimate Spider-Man. Kids know who Deadpool is. You, you know? And even the comics. I've read Deadpool. Uh, not a huge Deadpool fan by any means but yeah there's an innuendo and the violence might be a bit more than you'd see in Spider-Man but it's not that bad so kids are definitely exposed to the character so everybody arguing that Deadpool's never been for kids needs to shut the fuck up because he has been and is a character that can easily be for kids as well just maybe not this movie Teenager, I'd say, is probably what Deadpool's best for. Yeah, thir- 12 to 13. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I guess when uh, Gilman texted me when he went and saw it on Valentine's Day. That's when I saw it. That's when I saw it, too. Uh, 30, about, he was like, he, if he had to guess, it would have been 30% of that audience was probably around elementary school. Which is not the appropriate age to see that movie. Probably not. Probably not. Middle school, sure. Yeah, I'd say middle school, maybe. Yeah. Maybe even like late, late elementary, like sixth graders, maybe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it, will it be the funniest movie of the year? Probably. Neighbors Two comes out has a lot to live up to to be as funny as the first one. Uh, but yeah, it'll probably end up being the funniest movie. Will it be the best superhero movie? Probably not. Because it's. Civil War uh, and Doctor Strange. Uh, I have a feeling that Civil War probably won't be as good as Doctor Strange. I could be wrong, but you know what? Who knows? Hell, uh, Suicide Squad could even end up being the best superhero movie of the year. I really like David Ayer. I don't know if you ever saw Fury. I did. That's a wonderful fucking movie. That's a really good movie. Uh, I know. I I do. I do have a pretty strong feeling that the best movie superhero film of the year. Probably won't be Batman versus Superman. I don't think it'll be bad. I don't think yeah. it'll be bad by any means. I think it's going to make crazy money. But I think it'll have like you know, a, my guess is I'll probably give it a like a C plus is like the low end and maybe yeah. a B plus is the high end maybe. Yeah. The range. Right, so are you going to go see it? Even though you hated Man of Steel. I'll probably I'm willing to give it a shot. I mean like you know. Uh, yeah. Well. I think that wraps about everything up. We hit all the points we wanted to talk about right at an hour. So uh, I think we go ahead and wrap this up. I'm David West. I'm Andrew Crowley. And this was another Kind of Epic Show. Find us on Twitter at kindofepicshow.com. And I'm David West. I'm on Twitter, uh, David West underscore K-O-E-S. I'm uh, at Jumpin', J-U-M-P-I-N, Jack, J-A-C-K, Flask, on Twitter. All right. I uh, tweet a lot about basketball. I've actually been getting a lot of impressive followers lately. Uh, actually, uh, one of the big names in basketball Twitter followed me. Yeah? Uh, Network, who used to write for Grantland. Nice. Very nice. This is how many followers I have of them. I have uh, 1,236 followers. Oh, well, you definitely have me beat because I am at... Hold on, it's loading. My Twitter is loading. Uh... Oh, that's kind of a Twitter. And, um, my Twitter. I'm actually followed by a couple of people, a couple of verified people. Uh, I'm only, 
I'm only followed by 140-something. All right, well, that's kind of an epic show. So follow Andrew Crowley because he actually is relevant. All right, bye. Hey listeners, this is Micus, creator of the kind of epic theme song, Zombie Kids. If you're interested in finding out more about my music, you can check me out at micusmusic.com. Also, I am on iTunes, Facebook, and SoundCloud. You can look me up as Micus Music, and that's M-I-K-U-S, and you know the rest. Alright, peace out everyone. Keep listening.
Thank <laughs> you.